0: Happy that you are here. Uh, Let us worship together. We're going to sing this song called "God So Loved," which is a new song we've been singing these past couple weeks. Um, What a wonderful thing it is to sing um, about John three sixty. Please stand.
1: Good morning, New Life Church. Welcome to uh, church this morning. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life, and I'm happy to be your host this morning. Um, welcome to those of you who ha- who are guests among us this morning. We're so glad you're here, and uh, no matter where you are in terms of your walk in faith, uh, we pray that you would encounter the love of Jesus here in service today. Um, and if you'd like to get more connected and want to hear more about um, the ministries and some of the things that are happening in New Life, please uh, reach out to the seat park in front of you and there's a connect card and we'd love to get to know you and drop it off at the info booth uh, by the front lobby and we have a gift for you. And for those of you dro- uh, joining us in worship online, we're so glad you're here and we pray that God's love will also encounter you where you are this morning. If you are in ages three to five, or for the kids that are in grades one through five, come on down and take a seat at the front steps here. We'd love to pray for you as we send you off to Sunday school. Hey. If you're serving in Little Lights or Kids Church this morning, please come on down as well. Let's extend our hand toward these children as we pray for them this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you welcome the little children into your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you call them your body. They are the body of Christ. They are the church. So Jesus, we pray that this morning that you would embrace them in your love through the lessons and the teachings and the presence of the teachers and leaders and caretakers around them we pray that you would surround them with your love remind them that you love them and you are for them remind them that you are their good father be with the teachers and the leaders this morning we pray that you would speak through them and use them for your kingdom and for you to demonstrate your glory and grace in the lives of these children we pray for your blessing upon them in jesus name we pray Amen. Little Lights, you will exit through the left doors on my left and Kids Church on my right. Um, This morning, I just have one announcement uh, for you. New Life is hosting a, uh, a session called The Journey. And this is a once-a-month uh, workshop or a seminar or a class, whatever you want to call it, um, that happens every fourth Saturday of the month. And we're, we're initiating this to equip people for the journey of faith, hence the name The Journey. This Saturday, in room 303, uh, from 9, 8, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., we'll be hosting a workshop called Listen Up. And this will be hosted by Telecare, um, and it will be on listening uh, or caring through listening. And if you're in positions of leadership or in min- any kind of ministry position where it requires you to listen to someone or walk alongside someone as you pray for them and care for them, this, was, this would be an amazing workshop for you to attend. And, and I would hate for you to miss it. So please do sign up. The sign-up is uh, due this Tuesday. So get online at newlifecrc.ca slash events, and you can register there. Today's offering is for the Bene- Benevolent Fund, and this fund is administered by the deacons of our church, and it's used to help families and friends of new life that are in financial or physical need, and it's also used for, uh, to help people with Christian education. And so um, you can give your offering electronically through the ways that's listed on the screen there, or you could bring it to one of the offering boxes at the front during the fellowship time. So let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you bless us with good gifts. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to use these gifts and the blessings that you have given us for those that are in need. We thank you that we can, as a church, help those in need. In our church, we pray, Lord, that you would use the deacons and the ministries that they have, and they, they do, as the hands and feet of Christ. And with the funds that, they, that we gather um, for your glory, we, we pray that they would be used for your glory and for your ministry and, um, and to expand your kingdom here in New Life and in the community around us. We pray that you would bless the work of the deacons. We pray that you would be with them and strengthen them in their ministry, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we're going to enter into a three-minute fellowship time. And for those of us who've been here for a long time, this three-minute time could feel like, okay, three minutes, that's enough time for me to go grab a coffee, chat with people I know, go to the bathroom, whatnot. No, but this is really a time where we actually extend the peace of Christ to one another, and so if you see someone that you haven't met before, you see someone that you, you think is new, it's okay. I mean, they may have been here for 10 years, but you haven't met them. And so just go say hi to them. Hey, are you new? And they say, oh, no, I've been here 10 years. Don't worry. And it's, you know, you're not, you're not doing any harm by asking that, right? But at the same time, you're saying, hey, well, awesome. I haven't seen you for 10 years. <laughs> Let's get to know one another. Anyways, no, this is a really time that you, yeah, you pass the peace of Christ. And so we're going to practice this, okay? For those of you who aren't, who aren't used to this, we're going to practice it. So I'm going to say, peace be with you, and you will reply. We have some, yeah, murmurs. So peace be with you or also with you, okay? Ready? Ready? Yeah, okay. Thanks, Bob. Peace be with you. Yes, yeah, you can do this. You can do this during the three minutes, okay? So we're going to start the timer. And uh, yeah, have a good Sunday.
2: Life. Take a seat, please. I can tell it's a long weekend. We'll pray for the people that are away. <laughs> now let's, let's come to God in prayer as we open his word. Father, you are the light of the world, and we pray that um, as we open your word, that uh, you'll speak to us, that you will be uh, the light to our path. And so we pray, Father, that um, as we uh, continue our faith journey, that you will walk with us and we with you. Focus our hearts and our minds, God, on you in this time together. And um, may you find us faithful. God, in the midst of a world uh, filled with grief and trouble and violence and uh, poverty, God, we pray that uh, we may be your servants, uh, bringing light into our world, bringing hope, a sense of joy. And as we extended peace to one another, God, may we extend that peace to all those around us in this coming week. Equip us, Father, uh, for doing your will. We pray for uh, those of us uh, right here who are struggling. Uh, with circumstances in their life, or with uh, health issues. God, we commit those uh, people to you and pray uh, for your love and care to surround them and uh, to bless them. God, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're in a, uh, a church season called Lent. It began uh, last Wednesday. I'm not sure exactly how this all works, but uh, 40 days of Lent, uh, which would bring us to Palm Sunday, and that's uh, coming up in the uh, middle of March, or March 24, I think. And then um, and then we get Holy Week, seven days of uh preparing our hearts and minds, uh, including uh, Thursday night when we remember Jesus' Last Supper, Good Friday when we remember Christ's crucifixion, and then uh, Easter Sunday, of course, remembering the resurrection of our Lord. So uh, in this season of Lent, uh, 40 days leading up to Palm Sunday, we uh, right here at New Life this year are concentrating on what are called the spiritual disciplines, practices of faith. Some of them you might be familiar with, others perhaps not. And um, we're, we're just going to give an overview of these spiritual disciplines to make us aware of them, but particularly to challenge us. As we remember uh, Christ's uh, walk of life, particularly in this season of Lent, We remember his suffering for our sake, and so we commit also, in the midst of uh, hardship and difficulties, uh, we commit also to serving Christ and uh, to give up ourself uh, for his sake. So today, uh, we are looking at a passage where Jesus gives attention to three spiritual disciplines uh, last week, uh, we talked about uh, using the spiritual disciplines in general, and uh, we uh, reminded ourselves that the, these aren't for the sake of um, the spiritual disciplines themselves. It's, it's not like uh, if you just do the disciplines, then magic will happen. So uh, the spiritual disciplines we engage with in order to embody our faith, to recognize that that God is real in our life, and and that makes a difference on how we live, the shape of our lives. So Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 6. This is uh, essentially in the middle of his uh, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And uh, so we're reading from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, A few verses uh, at the beginning of the chapter, and then um, a couple of other verses. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus preaches, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, And here he begins with one of three examples that he uses. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Second example. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Notice the refrain that he's used in the last one. He's going to use it again. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who is seen what is done in secret will reward you. Then skipping uh, on, Jesus goes on then uh, to give instruction, uh, more instruction about prayer uh, in which uh, Matthew reveals then uh, Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven and so on. And then, uh, skipping a few verses, then he goes on to the third example. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, which we probably wouldn't do, but that was just an ordinary kind of hygiene kind of, it's kind of like putting on cologne or something. Um, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Well, so it's not so much that these spiritual practices that Jesus mentions uh, here are commands. Commands. It's not as if Jesus is coming up with something new here. Uh, He simply pulls in uh, quite common practices of Jewish uh, faith practices. Giving, praying, fasting. People are like, oh yeah, 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 we do those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And these three particularly were uh, common for corporate worship. They were just essential parts of, uh, corporate worship. So Jesus simply says, when you do these things, not, hey, I have a new idea. He simply says, when you do these things, uh, recognizing that people are already doing them. The big difference is that Jesus says, when you do them, do them in secret. What's different is how Jesus suggests to practice these disciplines. Uh, John Ortberg wrote a great little book on the spiritual disciplines. Uh, if you ever come across it, be worth a read. It's uh, a few years old now, but it's called "The Life You've Always Wanted," and uh, he has a chapter in there that addresses these particularly uh, these particular uh, uh, spiritual disciplines on uh, giving, praying, and fasting. And he calls his chapter the practice of secrecy, which I find very peculiar. The practice of secrecy. Peculiar because we're so used to hearing about how the Christian life has to be lived unashamedly. It has to be lived boldly. We we don't have to apologize for our faith. Everything should be out in the open. We're free. And here Jesus is suggesting that you ought to practice your faith in a closet. I mean, who hasn't sat in a restaurant if you're in the practice of praying before your meals and a thought enters your head, oh, I I better pray. And that thought expands into, I better pray just to prove that I'm not ashamed or afraid of others around me. The problem, though, is that if we're using prayer that way, simply to, well, maybe impress the people we're with, or impress God even, then prayer is rather superficial. And that's what Jesus is getting at here even though we do do these faith practices in public. I mean, we just prayed together in public. We uh, had opportunity to give in public. Walk up, place your offering in the collection box. We, well, I guess... Fasting, we don't do in public because we just don't fast. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. It's not that Jesus doesn't want us to pray in church, though. Rather, he's concerned about our motivation for practicing these disciplines. The common thread here is that any one of these practices can be used by us to gain a reputation. And then they're not faith practices anymore. They are, I don't know, psychological practices to to build our own self-esteem. Pray in a crowd and people will say, oh, she's so spiritual. Announce your giving to the poor and people will say, wow, you're so compassionate. Make it look like you're fasting Enduring such hardship for the Lord, and folks at least ought to recognize that you're deeply spiritual. Ortberg, John Ortberg in his book calls this impression management, managing our actions so that we continue to impress others for the sake of their approval of us, so that, that we... We gain the sense that, oh, they think well of me. They think well of me. In other words, you're manipulating others to think well of you. Simply manipulation. Again, so superficial. Designing your life in order to make it look like you're a good Christian. Desperate need for approval. I think to some extent all of us struggle with that. This need for approval, to be, to be able to be thought of well by others. It's an addiction, suggests uh, Ortberg. He says this, when our identity is wrapped up in whether or not we are perceived as successful, we are set up for the approval addiction. Our sense of self is on the line. Indeed, I would say it's near collapsing because approval addiction is... It, it, it just can disappear in a flash. When... When our identity depends on our sense of acceptance from others or on whether we're better than others around us or, or whether someone else is getting ahead of us in life or whether we refuse to acknowledge other people's successes because we want them to see our successes, then our identity can so easily crumble. Crumble. Here in Matthew 6, Jesus is suggesting that the antidote, the way to fight against this approval addiction is to surrender. Not to surrender the practice of giving, but when you give, to surrender the recognition. Not to surrender the practice of praying, but to surrender the recognition for your praying. Not to surrender the practice of fasting, but to surrender the recognition for your fasting. It's the the very shape. It's the shape of the gospel life. Surrender. It's the kind of life that we're called to in, in following Jesus, in imitating his pattern. For our life. If we're to follow Jesus, we imitate that pattern of his life, the very thing that we're trying to concentrate on in this church season of Lent. Following Jesus in his suffering, in his giving up himself for our sake. Can we shape our lives around that same pattern? Because the success of Jesus' life was not that he was successful, but that he surrendered everything he had and all that he was for our sake. It's the gospel-shaped life. And he could surrender all because his identity was caught up in being the very Son of God. which then uh, places a whole new emphasis on this passage. Because, well, okay. When, when, when I first uh, started addressing this passage, thinking of how I was going to preach this, I was kind of frustrated by the fact that it seems so neatly arranged. Three practices that Jesus addresses. Giving, praying, Fasting, except that in the middle of it all, he, he, I mean, if he had just kept those three things together, it would have been a nice little unit. But then in the middle of it all, under prayer, he has this whole teaching on prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Those very words of the Lord's prayer, in fact, get at the heart of surrender. That's what Jesus is after here. And so he he places prayer at the center of these three things and then highlights that practice of prayer to say, this is the central piece, folks. Prayer is the central practice by which we are able to learn to surrender, even by the very first words we speak, as Jesus teaches us. Our Father. What does that make you? That makes you his child, utterly dependent on a God who gives you your daily bread and forgives you all your sin. So when you read this passage from Matthew chapter 6, don't just read a list of things that Jesus says, here's what you should do. That's not Jesus' intent to just say, oh, hey, let's see, Uh, I could give money to the poor, I could pray to God, I could fast to be spiritual. It's not just this to-do list. Instead, Jesus puts prayer at the center of these practices and then even expands on that practice of prayer in order to highlight this central piece of communion with God as, as a child of God. Utterly dependent on him. That's where our identity is rooted. And with that, he emphasizes that a gospel-shaped life of surrender is what reflects a healthy spirituality. Not just what you're able to demonstrate to say, hey, look at me. Where's the root of your identity? Is it really in Christ? We often do the very opposite. In order to demonstrate a healthy spirituality, we, we take control of faith practices. And we make those faith practices our identity. We fall right back into approval addiction. If even only for our own sake. If only we can feel good about ourselves because we're doing the right things. By urging us to do these practices in secret, Jesus is showing us that, he, that these practices aren't... that they're, they're channels of God's grace. They're ways for us to receive God into our life. Engaging in these practices provides you with a means by which God's grace, God's love, God's favor upon you is poured into your life so that you can see yourself as a child of God. The cool thing of looking at it that way is that when when you engage with these spiritual disciplines, it's, it's not a matter of getting good at it. You, you don't have to say, oh, you know, I, 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 I'm finished with praying because I, I just can't get good at it. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a professional. You simply have to do them. as a channel of God's grace. It's, it's God's instrument, not yours. Giving, praying, fasting, any spiritual discipline for that matter, any practice of faith. Are the means by which we can rest and trust rather than be busy and in control. They're the means by which we can learn to surrender all to Jesus. And so Jesus identifies giving. When you give, he's encouraging us to keep up that practice. When you give, it has to do with, it has to do with your relationship with God People around you. People that you say, oh, we live in a broken world and, and not everybody can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and be self-sufficient. Recognizing God's blessed you. So when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, which is to say, Jesus is advising us, don't use your spiritual disciplines to control. I mean, it, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you, you can't take it literally to say, oh, yeah, yeah, my left hand's never going to know what my right. But he's saying, don't use it to control others. This is about your relationship with other people. So continue on with that practice of giving, of that, that practice of, of, of learning to, to give up what you think is yours, and to acknowledge that all of it is God's, and to reflect his spirit of generosity with the people around you. Jesus says, when you pray, to suggest to us not to give up on that practice. Praying is this central discipline having to do with your relationship with God. That's at the very heart of of shaping your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. It's the hinge that makes any spiritual discipline meaningful. So learn learn to view prayer not not as a duty, not not as a have-to, Learn to view prayer as a gift, a tremendous gift that God has given us, to be able to commune with him, to be able to to let God speak to us. So often in our practices of prayer, we, we, oh, I just don't know what to say, or I get distracted, or or so on. We'll probably be talking more about that in, in the spiritual discipline of silence, but to be able to listen for God is part of prayer as well. For us to be able to, to commune with God. Prayer is a tremendous gift. And when you fast, which, which has to do with your relationship with yourself, essentially. It's about, it's about disciplining the desires of your being. What, whatever you're after in life, to discipline those desires so that you recognize your hunger for God. I, I mean, I, I, one of my hobbies, as you uh, perhaps know, is, is cooking. And uh, I'm a bit of a foodie. And I, this This is a challenge that that I've taken up to be able to say, okay, yeah, I want to be all about food and be able to explore food everywhere. But it's not the definition of my life. I don't want it to be my identity. I I don't want my identity rooted in that. I want my identity rooted in a hunger for God, to know that I'm a child of God. I know fasting isn't popular, but maybe that's an indication that that it is a pretty powerful discipline that teaches us total surrender to our God. And so I want to challenge you, with any of these faith practices, this season of Lent, For the next 40 days, minus a few. Is to take up one of these disciplines. Maybe for you it is giving. And you find yourself, you look at the way you've managed uh, your money or your time. And you go, wow, I've kind of been hoarding it for myself. Thinking it's all mine. Or maybe the discipline of prayer which you've probably tried a billion times. Don't give up on it. Or maybe the discipline of fasting. Be creative about it and experiment with it and try it. You don't have to do it for the rest of your life. That just makes it look impossible. But what about the next 37 days? That wouldn't be so bad. Let me place that challenge in front of you. And in doing so, to surrender your expectations of what you ought to get out of life, or perhaps perhaps even to surrender your expectations of, of what you ought to get out of your faith in God. I'm being so good. God's got to bless me. Surrender it. Give it up. And let him mold you into his child. I want us to pray together that God would equip us to practice these disciplines and then uh, at the conclusion of that prayer, I'm going to invite you to say the Lord's Prayer together. If you're not sure about the words, um, they'll be up on the screen, and uh, we'll say it together. Don't worry about the words. I know there's different versions, and I use sins and uh, those who sin against me. If you use debts and debtors, that's fine. If you use trespasses, that's fine. Uh, so that'll be a bit of a cacophony, but um, it's going to be a prayer. Uh, prayer that our our Savior taught us. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you that you've placed this challenge in front of us this morning. To examine our life, the shape of our life, and the way that we practice who we want to be. And teach us, Lord, to be children of our Heavenly Father. God, teach us what it means to surrender. And perhaps that happens in our lives bit by bit. One small thing after another, learning to surrender, thinking that what we thought was ours, that we can surrender that to you. Lord Jesus, let us lose ourselves in seeking your will. Let us find ourselves by tracing this pattern of your life for us to live our lives in a gospel-shaped way of giving up ourselves for your sake, just as you, Lord Jesus, gave up yourself to save us, to make us really alive in you. And then, God, if, by the way, you make us shine in this world, if your glory would make us bright with light, Let us be the last to know about it, God. So that in humbleness, we are secure in being your children, your faithful children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done amen amen as you go from this place may god equip you with spiritual discipline to receive his grace because he loves you and so may the grace of the lord jesus christ and love of god the father fellowship of the holy spirit be and abide with you now and always amen